The following audio is from Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information about our church, please visit lifebaptistchurch.com. I will get that timing right sooner or later. <laughs> I got two more, right? There you go. I, I failed it badly the first time. So, um, so guys, I'm, I'm happy to bring the word with you first things. Um, I just want to say thank you to Life for giving me the opportunity to come up here and preach the word to you. Um, as I briefly mentioned in the uh, announcement, I am the campus pastor of Life Northwest. If some of you guys did not know, we have a campus out there. We do. It's fantastic. Um, I look forward to seeing God continue to move in that campus out there. So my question, my text this morning is going to be Psalm 62. If you guys want to start finding your place there, um, that'd be great. But the question I have is, what does it look like to wait on God? So I've come to the conclusion that waiting is extremely difficult. The very idea of waiting, of waiting can make us uncomfortable and easy. But what is it about waiting that drives us to become agitated and irritated? I got to wrestle with this over the past couple months, and this text has been so special to me in that process. But I've come to some great conclusions in it. it God has just been great in this text. So waiting occurs almost everywhere we go. We wait. We wait in stores, restaurants. We wait in line at ball games, and some of us wait in line to use the restroom at our own house, depending on how many kids you have. Quick note, in six short months, some of us will be waiting in line on Black Friday. That is six months away. Waiting in line in itself is not bad. Waiting is not bad. But it's actually what we do in those moments of waiting that become difficult. We can lose focus of the reasons why we're waiting. In our times of waiting, our minds can begin to focus on ourselves. So think in your moments of waiting, how often do you think like, man, I would rather be doing something else. See, and it's in those moments where our focus shifts from, from, from God and what we're doing onto ourselves and we think about other things that we would prefer to be doing. This leads to the agitation. So recently, my daughter Emily and I had the privilege, and I say it was a privilege, we uh, hung out at the DMV for four and a half hours. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. I should have known it was going to be a long day when I walked in and realized that the DMV now has a snack shack selling pretzels. Like that is bad news all the way around. So when we walked in, I was like, that is a huge line. That is a hot pretzel. And then we got started into our day there. But however, during my time waiting at the DMV, I was able to watch people. And the common morale throughout the DMV was irritableness, some agitation, very little patience, not a lot of grace. I was able to watch people's frustrations grow when their number wasn't being called on the screen. It was like anticipating if the guy next to you was going to get called because you knew your number was nowhere close. So you were like, is that? Nope, wasn't you. But in this time, I was able to ask them questions and their responses were almost all the same. I didn't know it was going to take this long or I'd rather be doing something else. See, and that revealed it. That revealed where the heart was. We were looking at ourselves, things that we would rather be doing. And I have to be honest with you guys, I didn't really think it was going to take four and a half hours, and I was a little agitated myself. But what I realized in that time of waiting is it's all a matter of focus. What are you focusing on in that time of waiting? If our focus is on being further along in the process, I wish I was just a little bit further, I was, wish I was just a little bit better, it would lead to agitation, exhaustion, irritableness. 
But if we wait with patience and consider the journey, how many of you guys consider the journey that you're on as a moment to grow and have our faith stretched? It can become a positive time of waiting. Needless to say, after waiting in line for four and a half hours, the car was registered. Emily and I enjoyed an amazing microwave pretzel that was hotter than molten lava. I got to check something off my list, my to-do list, and a sense of completion flowed over the top of me. I was like, yes, yes, I've arrived. But what I also learned is a vital piece of information. You ready? This is the one you want to write down. Make an appointment online at the DMV. (laughs) You get to skip the line completely. There'll be no waiting. That one's free, guys. However, I realize my relationship with God is, is no different. I can get annoyed while waiting on him. I can get irritated with him. Answers are not given in timely matters. I get frustrated. I can get annoyed when facing problems and issues, which do not seem to have an answer in sight. So think real quick on yourself right now. I don't even want to see the hands. I would ask, but I don't want to see them. How many of you guys share the same thing with me where you're like, man, God, you're taking too long. I got one. I love it. You're honest. I have to ask you this now. What turns that moment of waiting into a moment of irritableness? What causes us to lose sight of the end goal while we are waiting? And now I'll answer that. We become focused on ourselves. The focus goes off of God and it goes on to the things we would rather be doing. We lose sight of what he is doing and what he is teaching. Our focus shifts to the things we would rather be doing. See, God puts us through trials. He puts us through issues. So you wait on him to answer in those. When we begin to see how much self can get in the way of the lessons God is teaching us in life, it is rather humbling. We cannot rush omnipotence. No matter how hard we try, he doesn't work on our timing. God does not work in the moment like that. Therefore, we have to wait patiently for him to reveal himself in these moments of waiting. So I invite you this morning to turn with me in Psalm 62. This morning, I'll be sharing a message entitled, Wait on God. I'm going to read the whole text, and I just want to give you guys a, kind of a warning before I get started. It's a lot to unpack on the front half to get to the goodness in the back side of it. So bear with me through the front part of the text. Okay, so here we go. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence? They have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inward they curse. Selah. My soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust him at all times, people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, um, God, we thank you for this time that we're able to come together and focus on your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you reveal the depth of our inward focus this morning where we think that we have it together, but it's actually you working in the situation, driving us deeper into our faith, Lord. So Father, I pray that you give us an open heart and an open mind to hear this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as I warned, understanding the context of this psalm is key. The key 
So at first glance, the psalm reads like a prayer. But as you move through the text, it quickly changes to instruction in verse 8. Thus, it eliminates the whole psalm of prayer. But what we do see, the further, I'm sorry, further the psalm does not share verbiage to be considered a psalm of praise. And it also doesn't contain any information where it would be pinned, whether mournful or joyful. But what we do see in the psalm is David with great deal of pleasure professes his own confidence and dependence upon God. And he is encouraging himself to continue waiting on him in the midst of troubles. Listen to the confidence in these few sentences. This, my soul waits in silence. He is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my stronghold. See, this is a psalm of affirmation, trust, and confidence in God to deliver him from the issues he's facing in life. See, listen to this. It's not focused on himself, but it is focused on God and his attributes. The psalm is declaring God is the center of man's strength. So David's saying, God, you're my strength. It's not me, but it's you. Observe how the psalm is written. The word my is mentioned 14 times throughout the first eight verses. You see this elsewhere in scripture, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Nowhere in the psalm is David trying to take what does not belong to him, but he is confessing and proclaiming his outright dependence and ownership of God. He is not content with only knowing the Lord is all these things, but he's laying claim to the very being of God. So in the midst of our struggles, what are you laying claim to? Are you laying claim to self or are you laying claim to God who raised you from the dead? That's the strength of this psalm. In verse 1, 2, 6, and 7, the psalm is declaring salvation only comes from God. You did not earn it, but you received it from God. His faith is not in God plus something else, but it is in God alone. There's only one God and one source of strength, and that's in God. In verse 1 and 5, the word wait is used. Waiting means you're not in control. When I was waiting at the DMV, the waiting was out of my control. I was waiting on God in that moment. I'm depending on another person to get me through the situation. So in your moments of waiting, are you depending on God in that waiting? Or are you depending on a friend? Are you depending on someone else? Admitting you cannot do it on your own is victory in itself. I cannot, but you can, God. The importance of waiting is laced all throughout the scriptures. I got a few examples for you. Psalm 27, 14a, wait for the Lord, be strong. Your, be strong and let your heart take courage. Hosea 12, 6b, wait for your God continually. Lamentations 3:25. the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Galatians 5, 5, for we through the spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness. It's so clear in the scriptures that as Christians, we are called to wait on God and not step in front of him. In verses two and six, God is, in, God is his stronghold. He will not be greatly shaken. A stronghold is a high and lofty place, a place that's been fortified against attack. Essentially, David is proclaiming his confidence in God against everything he's facing. So what issues in your life are you facing? Because David is saying, my stronghold is in God. I don't care the issues I'm facing. I'm resting in God. 
That's where his faith was. That's where his strength was. Further, David declares God is the rock of his life in verses 2 and 6. The idea of God being a rock resembles God being a firm foundation in the life of a believer. Throughout the scriptures, referred, God is referred to as a rock, Deuteronomy 32, 4. The rock, his work is perfect for all of his ways are just. 2 Samuel 22, 2 and 3. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. Psalm 71, 3b. For you are my rock and my fortress. Psalm 18, 46. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. The psalm has language focused on self, but the focus is not on David's strength to get him through. The focus is on God's strength to get him through and acknowledging he cannot do it without him. So where's your stronghold at? Is your stronghold in Christ or is your stronghold in self? Now bring this all together. Why is David proclaiming strength in God? Why is it so important? He's acknowledging his dependence on God. Why? Because in verses three and four, the world brings problems. He knew he was facing problems and he's depending on the Lord. Listen to it. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence? They have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they cuss or they curse. David is facing issues that he cannot control. Some of these issues are stemming from his friends. Look at the words in it. They've counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth. How many of us have friends in here that push us down more than build us up? So that's what David is saying. David says, I know that these issues are coming. I know that you assail a man, but I'm gonna trust in God. That's where my strength is, my stronghold. These friends of David were brutally aggressive, deceptive, and they were delighting in lies about him. The friends have no respect for his status of who he was, his dignity. They bless him with their mouths, but inwardly all they're doing is working against him. The purpose of their actions is destructive. Their attack is like that of a besieging army and assaulting and battering the weakening walls of a city. So all of us face this opposition in our life. It's almost guaranteed to happen. None of us are free from the circumstances that inflict wounds on us. None of us can get around them. Everything is challenging. But what we have to do is in these issues we're dealing with, nobody is immune to them. The difference between focusing on God and focusing on self is how we pass through the trials. Now get that. How are you going to pass through the trials that are in your life? This is what's going on in the text. David is saying, as I pass through these trials, I'm going to trust in God for his stronghold. He's my stronghold. He gave me my salvation. He's my strength. And a good way to determine, I like this as a gut check, a good way to determine your position and the situation that you're in is if it's drawing you closer to God, then your focus is on him. But if you're being pushed away from God, your focus is on self. So these issues that we're having, are you focusing on God or are you focusing on self? And this brings us to the key truth that we're going to try to unpack this morning is waiting on God becomes difficult when our expectations become focused on self. See, we all have expectations. We all have them. And expectations become a problem when people let us down. We feel we deserve more. We deserve something else. Lord, I've worked so hard in this life. I want what they have. Lord, why, why do they seem so happy? Why do they get what they want? When we have these expectations on people, 
that they can't meet, it leads to disastrous results. The same idea can be applied to your relationship with God. Do your expectations on God, do they align with who he is? Are they part of his character? Do they fit within the framework of how he functions, how he spoke to us in his word? But I think oftentimes we look at God as he's just going to answer things for us. We pass by him in prayer so quickly like, Lord, I want that car. I want that. When actually our focus should be on God knowing that he brings things, he takes things, he causes issues to take us deeper. So this is where, notice in verse 5, hope is used. This, is, this, is, this blew me away when I met this word, when I was reading through this text. Another word for hope is expectation. I love the word hope, but unfortunately, it does not convey the meaning of this text very well. Listen, plug expectation into verse 5. For my soul waits in silence for God only, for my expectation is from him. See, expectation completely changes the way the text is read. Follow me here. Expectation is also used by the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1, 18 through 20. Listen to these words. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by left life or by death. Paul penned these words from a prison in Rome. He didn't, he didn't pin these words of my expectation is in you from a beach in Hawaii. He was in a prison in Rome. He said in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 and 27, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from robbers, dangers from countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers to the city. Dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. And in all of that, he says, my expectation is in God. My expectation is making much of Jesus Christ. And when we have expectations rested on God, when our expectations are God-focused, when we can stand in the midst of the struggle and we can firmly know God is working this for his glory. Further, when our expectations are filtered through the complete body of Scripture and we begin to understand that being a Christian is not easy, when we begin to see God is placing obstacles and issues within our life to reveal a deeper view of his glory. You get that? He's putting obstacles in your life to reveal a deeper view of his glory. It's amazing. When we get to see God is glorified in the blessing as much as he is in the hindrance, when we finally open our eyes to the fact that God is conforming us to the image of his son, when we begin to know he is working in and through the trials and troubles and tribulations in our lives because he's calling us into a deeper level of faith, when we begin to see God is working in the minuscule issues as well as the big issues is when we can stand with David in Psalm 62 and proclaim with as much enthusiasm as we can manage, I will not be shaken. When we see God is working in the tragic events and the unforeseen trials, we can stand in the midst of the tragedy and proclaim like Job, though he slay me, I will hope in him. When we see God is working in the difficult task is when we can grab a hold of his proclamation to Joshua, be strong and courageous. This is what we've been called to, Christians. Be strong in the Lord. This is so good. Listen to this. The more our faith is challenged and exercised, the more our active our faith becomes. Faith 
grows by being exercised. So where's God exercising you at? Trials aren't bad. They hurt, but he's exercising you. I've never met a single man to get buff like Chuck without exercising. You are not going to get buff in your walk with Christ if you're not being exercised. The more we meditate upon God's attributes and promises and wait on God during our own experience, the more we will abound. That's what the psalm is saying. The psalm is saying, it's not about me. My focus isn't on self. My focus is on God. That's the psalm. So in our life, where we're facing these issues, are we looking at God saying, you are enough? Or are we looking at self saying, I just wish I had a little bit more? That's the bottom line. It's what it comes down to. When we should see all the hardship and suffering that comes this life as something that God brings to us to strengthen our trust, our obedience, and ultimately increasing our ability to glorify him. Now this is, I love this. It's a rally cry of drumming up as much enthusiasm as you could possibly have in Christ and say, yes. Yes, I know it's hard. Yes, I know it's difficult. But David is saying, put your focus on the Lord. And this is what happens when we put our focus on the Lord. Look closely at verse 8. I want you to get this, guys. In verse 8, in the midst of the struggle, David's worship of God spills over and on to the people who are around him in his time of difficulty. Read it. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. The expression at all times means both in prosperity and in adversity. God tries his children with afflictions, but here we are taught by David to abide through the problems with constancy and courage. Take courage, Christians. Be strong in the Lord. The very trials we face should lead us into a time of worship where we are proclaiming God's glory amongst everyone who is around us. Our worship will be a proclamation of God's ability to carry us through. Imagine if we approached our struggles and our trials in worship instead of complaining. Now imagine, Christian, you guys, you got to get this. You guys are on display for the world to see. And when problems hit you, when afflictions hit you, they're watching how you react. We don't want to be like Job's wife where he says, curse God and die. We want to be like Job where Job says, in the midst of the struggle, I'm going to proclaim Christ. That's what this is. That's what David is saying. In the midst of your struggle, they're looking at you. Are you going to proclaim God or are you going to look at yourself? The focus isn't on us. It's on him. So are you rejoicing in your troubles? Now imagine you're rejoicing in your troubles and all your friends who are not Christians are standing around you and you're rejoicing. They're going to be giving you this look like, what is going on? Like, you know what just happened and you're, you're still rejoicing God? Why? And you're going, because he's my strength. He's my stronghold and I shall not be shaken. That's the, the point of the text. Imagine they looked that they would give you. They'd be like, what you talking about, Willis? Like, they're not going to want any part of that. They're going to be like, what are you doing? And you're going to be proclaiming Jesus in the midst of that struggle. And that's what we're called to do here. That's what David is doing all throughout this. Instead of doubting God, he's looking with a proper expectation on God, knowing he's doing a work in him and he's waiting on the Lord. 
So in closing, guys, the emphasis throughout the psalm continually gets thrust back onto God's shoulders. It never rests on us. It continually goes back. We go wrong when we believe that we can do it, that we can accomplish it, we can overcome it. We can get through the problem with our own strength. But the only thing that this type of attitudes demonstrate is we lack trust in God. And when we lack trust in God, we lack faith in God. And when we lack faith in God, there's only so far that we're willing to follow him. Are you going to follow him into the struggle? Are you going to push into his chest with everything you have in the midst of that struggle? Or are we going to stand back and say, I didn't sign up for this? The apostle Paul signed up for it. Shipwrecked, beaten. He said, I'm in it to win it. Once God becomes our stronghold, you'll have a new outlook on life. You'll start seeing things from a different lens. DM, waiting at the DMV for four and a half hours will almost be a joyous time. I can't promise that. But it might be a joyous time. May, maybe your guys' struggles are something different. Maybe it's not waiting at the DMV like mine. That was a trial. I'm joking completely. But listen to me on this. Your focus on God is how you react to the problems. A wise man once said, your practice response is your first response. Paul got hurt. So what is your practice response in this moment? Are you going to face the trials, the troubles, the tribulations, staring at the glory of God? Or are you going to stare at yourself and think that you can do it and you can overcome it? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, you are good. Father, I pray for our hearts that, Father, as you working in and through the situations in our life, Lord, that, Father, you will stretch our faith. We know that you're a stronghold, a sure foundation. And, Father, I pray that you continue to take us deeper into our faith. And we know that our strength is found in you and you only. So, Father, even when it's hard to wait, when we are looking at the situation and we do not know how you are working in it, Father, let us grab hold to the very thing you promise. Be strong. Our strength is found in you, Lord. Father, let us meditate on this throughout the week, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.